This week on the Judge John Hodgman podcast, the wonderful, terrible, terrible towel trouble. Bobby brings the case against his girlfriend, Katie. Katie is a lifelong fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Bobby has willingly converted to Steelers fandom as a condition of their partnership. Part of being a Steelers fan is purchasing a terrible towel, a Steelers yellow hand towel which is used to cheer at Steelers games and at home when enjoying said games. Bobby was glad to buy a towel after all. The proceeds go to charity, but Katie says he should treat the towel reverentially. Bobby disagrees. He paid for the towel. The money went to the charity, and now he should be able to use his property for whatever he pleases. Like, for example, toweling. Is a silk-screened hand towel a sacred object? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Justice, justice, bow, wow, wow, football memorabilia fight. Swear him in, Jesse. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge Sean Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he doesn't know Franco Harris from Lynn Swan? I do. I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Hello, uh, complainant and defendant. Who is bringing the case today? Uh, that would be me. And you are Bobby? Yes. Bobby, did you uh, recognize the tune that I sang uh, before you were sworn in? I did not. I was, I was, I knew you were going to ask me that, but I did not. <laughs> well, why didn't you look it up on the internet? Why didn't I, you hold up your phone with Shazam on it as I was singing? Are you prepared for this case at all? I am, just not for random theme songs, Your Honor. Random, Bobby, random theme songs. Would you like to phone a friend? Katie, I, do you know, do you know what the random theme song was that I just sang? I don't. Right. It's Bula Bula, the Yale football fight song for my alma mater, Yale. University. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I, I do not go to such a prestigious college. In New Haven, Connecticut, home of Walter Camp, inventor of football, arguably. <laughs> so you see my deep roots and care about this subject matter. Your Honor, may I sing my alma mater UC Santa Cruz's fight song? Yes, you may. Smoke two joints in the morning. Smoke two joints at night. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's a joints. <laughs> Is there more? Yeah, but I'd rather not see it. Seem, I think the joke has run its course. You seem to have nodded off in the middle of it, which I think <laughs> is the purpose of the song. Well, now that we are all roused up for football. Ultimate Frisbee, in my case. Exactly. Bobby, what's the problem here? When I started dating Katie uh, around a year and a half ago, okay. uh, she asked me if I was a football fan, and I told her that I didn't really follow it, and she said that was perfect because then I could like join the Steelers group without much of an effort, mm -hmm. which I, I did. And then the idea of a terrible towel came up, and I learned about it. And I thought it was a pretty cool thing. And I bought one uh, to prove a point because she... You bought one to prove a po the point being, to prove the point the, that you could hug and kiss her. Yeah. That you, that. Were, that, you were wealthy, that you were wealthy enough and willing to do whatever it takes to yes. hug and kiss her, <laughs> yes. including yes. buying a souvenir towel. Yes. But actually, the point was... Um, I talked to her about this, and she was she told me the rules of the towel, basically how it's kind of like a almost a religious object for Steelers fans. And I said, I don't I don't think that it should be treated so sacredly. Um, you had this conversation before you bought the towel. Yeah. All right. Let me and, just get some basic information down. 
First of all, where do you live? I live in Shoals, Indiana. Shoals, Indiana. And Katie, do you live in the same town? No, I live in Kokomo, Indiana. Okay, so how far away are those two places? The way I drive, three hours and 15 minutes. The way you drive? Yeah, it takes Bobby a lot longer. (laughs) (laughs) What is it about the way you drive? Do you speed? Do you drive on top of other cars? What's going on? (laughs) I do what it takes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I I can see uh, why you are worried, Bobby, that uh, that you might not be treating this towel properly. <laughs> now, is there a, is there an adorable nickname for fans of the Steelers? Are they like the Smelters, the Steel the Steel Pack, <laughs> uh, the Steeler Nation, Your Honor, the the Stolen, the Pittsburgh Stolen, <laughs> the Steelers Nation? Yes. Not only is it a cliche, it is hard to say. Yes. Okay. Sorry, Katie. Steelhead. <laughs> uh, Katie, are you from Pittsburgh? <laughs> it's a kind of fish. <laughs> no, I'm not. How is it that you are such a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers? When my dad was growing up, it was um, during the 70s when the Pittsburgh Steelers were winning a lot of Super Bowls. And, and, and which sport is that again? <laughs> it's football. Okay, good. Good. I've heard of it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was and, that was that was the decade of the Steelers, was it not? Yes. And it was it was probably not a terrible time in the steel industry. No, it, wasn't. it was a golden age, was it not? Correct. All right, so your dad grew up in 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 Pittsburgh and loved the Steelers. Oh no, he grew up in Indiana as well. But <laughs> when he grew up, that's when the Steelers were at their height. So he became a Steelers fan and has been one all his life. And so us kids growing up, we also were Steeler fans. Did you grow up in Cococomo? No, I didn't. I've lived here for about the last 10 years. Give me a little bit of a, a primer on the geography of Indiana. Would it be reasonable for your dad to have grown up liking the, the Steelers because of some geographical proximity to Western Pennsylvania? Or did he just pick it at random because he loves winners? <laughs> I think it was more towards the he likes winners. Because Indiana has a football team, does it not? They d- we do. They right. were formerly the uh, Baltimore Colts, though, and right. I'm not sure when. Bobby, right. do, you, do you know when the Baltimore Colts became the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, I think it was sometime in the mid '70s. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe a little later than that. Okay, right. it was before the Browns moved to Baltimore. Right, gotcha. The most, the most intriguingly named football team in the world. Yes, <laughs> the dullest name of a, for a football team ever. I know named it was named after a legendary coach, isn't that right, Jesse? The Cleveland Browns were named after the coach. You're getting past what I've got. <laughs> wow. Can wow. we talk about baseball? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Uh okay, so so he picked the Pittsburgh Steelers at random because they were winners, the way some sports hooligans lo- used to love the Dallas Cowboys no matter where you were because of their cheerleaders because they were on TV or thugs enjoy the uh, baseball Yankees because they're the bullies of the American League, and they like to win all the time. For a long time, they did anyway, right? Yes. Have I drawn a portrait of your dad? An opportunist? <laughs> a sports opportunist? See, I grew, up, I grew up in a town where if you did not like sports, you were not human. Uh, that is to say, Boston. And I did not like sports, but even I cottoned to the Boston Red Sox out of sheer, two reasons, sheer geographical loyalty, and also they were losers, and I understood how they felt. But your dad is a winner, and he picked a winner, and those are the Steelers, at least in the mid-70s. Is that correct? Yes. And is your dad still living? 
Yes, he is. And you grew up loving the Steelers because your dad did. Is that right? Yes. And did you have one of these terrible towels when you were growing up? No, we, my whole family, we went to um, Pittsburgh a couple years ago to see the Steelers play the Packers. And that's when we got terrible towels. We got them in Pittsburgh. Tell me about the terrible towel. Is this a long tradition? Yes, since the 70s. Okay, and how did it come about? Do you know? Myron Cope was asked to come up with a gimmick while uh, the Steelers were going to Super Bowl. So he was asked to come up with something to kind of promote fandom. And right. he de- he decided on a towel because it was lightweight and most people would have it anyway. Sure. Well, why not a pocket square? <laughs> He's got a point. This is true. <laughs> Answer me that, Cope. Yeah. Why? Let the record state that I'm shaking my fist at heaven. Why not why why not a Steelers cravat? Well, I believe the Miami Dolphins used to have a handkerchief, but oh. personally I feel that a towel looks a little more intimidating than a handkerchief. So what, That's a good point. Towels are very intimidating. They, they are intimidating. They <laughs> They're can, very absorbent. They, and they can be used as weapons in locker rooms. Yes. Uh, so, uh, which a, a, a cravat, by the way, is no defense in a locker room. Trust me. <laughs> and who's Myron Cope? I know I'm a dummy for asking this, but I'm asking. He was the um, announcer for the Steelers for 35 years. Did he have a catchphrase? He had a bunch of them. Give me two. He said, yoy. Right. And that's more he of a, said, that's more of a, yoy. <laughs> that's more of a, a catch utterance. <laughs> or a nonsense <laughs> phrase. Yeah. <laughs> but he had, he had, so he had, he had catch gibberish, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. How would he say it? In what context would he say it? Um, I never listened to him, so I don't really know. Oh, but really? It oh. sounds like. Oh, I thought you were like, a Steelers fan. It, well, if I, I might interject, I you. you may, you may, you may, Bobby, go uh, on. I think I don't know if Myron Cope had an actual catchphrase um, because I wasn't. I obviously wasn't listening while he was doing it, but I've listened to some of his uh, broadcasts and things like that. And he was more known for his uh, voice, which sounded like someone who smoked like twenty packs of cigarettes a day. Can you do an impersonation for me, please? And there goes Big Ben Roethlisberger down the field. <laughs> oh, double joy! <laughs> joy, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not a good impersonator, but I mean, it was it was just I, this really scratchy kind of salt of the earth like voice, right? That he was known for. Oh wow! So first of all, let me point out that the uh, Steelers purist, the lifelong member of the Stolen, refused to do an impersonation of this dude, whereas the more recent convert, the guy who converted in order to be in this relationship, actually did the homework and went back and listened to old Steelers games. Do I have that correct? Oh, I listened to Myron Cope. I just can't do voices. <laughs> well, then you are not a sports fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Like so, our greatest sports fan, like, Daryl Hammond. Exactly. So, Katie, Myron Cope, out of his love for the Steelers and for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, chose a towel as the emblem of this football team. And... You buy the towel, the money goes to a charity. What charity? It's the Allegheny Valley School. It's for um, special needs people. Okay. And uh, it seems like a worthy charity. Uh, and His son actually lives there. I see. Oh, very good. So you're suggesting that he was selfish? <laughs> he had an ulterior motive? <laughs> that he was just funneling, funneling towel money to his uh, special needs son? Oh. 
I will. I can't say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and guess what? Uh, it will be a decade before I visit Pittsburgh now, <laughs> because I will be murdered. Uh, so, uh, and you're supposed to wave the towel around, right? During yes. during exciting portions of the of the football contest. Is that what happens? Yes. All right. And then when you take it home, how are you supposed to treat it? What are the rules for handling the towel? Oh, gosh. We have some. Well, Bobby suggested that you were very clear about this. You don't use it as a hand towel. A lot of people use it as decoration. Mm -hmm. They'll drape it like over their TVs or something. Mm -hmm. But you don't use it in the bathroom. So they cover (laughs) they cover their TV screens with this towel so they don't accidentally watch something that's not football. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bobby, what are you using the towel for? I actually do use it for its recommended purpose of cheering on the Steelers. Sure. My argument isn't that I want to do things bad to it that I should be able to and not have any like problem, you know, have any problem raised with it. Well, what sort of uh, what sort of use are you, are you talking about? I think like being able to wipe like water off of seats or actually use it as a towel because Myron Cope actually when in an interview when he was talking about the invention of it said like well, now you have to do, you have to do the voice now what <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> I'm not going to be able to show my face in Pittsburgh either just do it uh, you call okay. look you guys called me so now this is what you have to do <laughs> okay let me, let you're me, the let one me. who called yourself the new Daryl Hammond <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the voice of Bill Clinton. <laughs> uh, when I invented the terrible towel, I wanted something that the fans could bring that they'd be able to afford. And, you know, maybe have something that they could wipe the water off of their seats with. And so he, he even brought up the idea Man, himself. Bobby, of, Bobby, let me just say, <laughs> triple yoy. Yoy. That was uncanny. That was a triple. <laughs> so he literally said himself, if they want to wipe water off the seats. Yes, and I couldn't, I uh, thought I didn't remember that interview until like today when it was a bit too late to uh, put that into evidence. You know, I consider that to be evidence. It's, okay. uh, it's utter hearsay and a ridiculous impersonation, but I'm going to accept it as evidence. <laughs> Bobby, what, do you not have any other towels? Is this a situation where you have bought this one towel and you're just waiting <laughs> To use it to mop some, some water off a seat? I, I am a journalism major, so m- money is an issue. But um, I, I do have... And guess what? Uh, it always will be. Yes. I am, for I'm aware you, for of this you um, press that's boy. What, that's <laughs> it seems cruel that they even still have the journalism major. It's like, it's like if they had a, a major in turning lead into gold or something like that. Well, there's, there's still an alchemy major at Yale. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best alchemy programs in the country. Thank you very much, Jesse. It's actually quite successful. That's how they ended up with that endowment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, you you don't have a lot of towels. And because you're a journalism major, you're frequently getting water on your chairs. I do have other towels. Um, I actually do. Uh, I have gone to a Steelers game with Katie uh, to the Colts game this year. And I use the towel as recommended. I guess my argument is that it shouldn't be considered like a sacred object by Steelers fans. There's even like a, a na- an anthem based around the towel. It's like a it's a mock up of uh, the uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, where it says "I pledge allegiance to the terrible towel" and stuff like that. There's a song on YouTube that you can look up for it. But uh, 
uh, Jesse's found this song. Bailiff Jesse, would you uh, play the song? Well, don't disrespect the terrible towel. The curse of Cope will haunt you somehow. Before you treat it like a dirty dish rag Cause here in Steeler Nation that towel's our flag Well, if you don't believe me, well, damn it, you oughta Well, just ask Cincinnati's T.J. Hushmanzada Well, since the day he used the towel to wipe himself down The Bengals have sucked worse than the Browns We don't disrespect Okay, Katie, this song seems to be your case in a nutshell. Let me ask you a question. Is this a real song or a song that you wrote and then (laughs) performed yourself in a crazy voice on YouTube and then cleverly refused to do Myron Cope's voice to me, saying I'm not very good at voices, <laughs> to throw me off the scent. I actually could not hear the song. Okay. So I don't, although I can promise I did not write and put a song on YouTube. It was ba- basically, since due to some technical difficulties, you didn't hear the song at the same time we did. This is what it sounded like. Tell my boyfriend not to use that towel. <laughs> It'll curse the Bengals and the Browns and other football teams. <laughs> what is the terrible towel curse? When people of the other teams, like, they desecrate the terrible towel, oh. bad things happen to them. So there's a precedent of using the towel. Oh, yes. In a, and in a bad way. It's a bad situation. What do you mean? Have you ever heard of Osama bin Laden? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to make a motion to strike that from the record. What it was, whatever that was. Uh, okay, so other teams desecrate the towel on purpose. Yes. To make Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers feel bad about the sports game. Um, I think it's more of an intimidation. Okay. But then the Steelers beat them badly, so it it's really just a bad idea to what, do it. Well, hang hang on a second. Do you actually have data? Is there a correlation between desecration of the towel and Steelers wins? Also, are you torturing a dog? Oh, oh gosh, I didn't know you could hear that. No, we have a dog. Oh, that's just that sounded so bad when you said that. <laughs> are no, you torturing have... a dog? Oh, I didn't know how you could hear that one. <laughs> no, I'm not torturing a dog. It's just wanting attention. Okay. <laughs> Calmly tell the dog to wait an effing moment because I have some questions. <laughs> Are you a superstitious person? Let me I add- suppose. Oh, you are? Okay. What do you think causes the Pittsburgh Steelers to win games? Training, diligence, discipline, and uh, a good selection of uh, players? Or if another team uh, uses the towel in a, in a disrespectful way? Is that what causes the Steelers to win games? Well, I think all of it would influence it. I, I'm really asking you this question. Do you believe in curses? Yes oh, or no? no. Okay. It is just simply part of the fun of being a member of the Stolen to act like a superstitious witch hunter from the 16th century. Oh, Katie, are you there? <laughs> I, think, I think she just went to go sacrifice her dog. <laughs> no. Bobby? Yes. What use do you want to put this towel to? I don't want to personally do anything bad to it. 
my case is that it's not something that is so like I don't think it should be defended like a religious object. Once you pay for it, she's made the case to me that it's being disrespectful to the charity to do anything to it. Like I, I've seen videos on YouTube, people like burning it or stomping on it or whatever. And my argument is that it, you know, they paid for it. They can do what they want. The money's gone to the charity. They've helped someone out so they can do what they want. And they shouldn't like, even if you are a Steelers fan, you can still be a fan if, say, like you use it to wipe water off of your chair. Like, oh, if is, you go this, to I realize that that's something. a huge problem in your house that you have water all over your chairs everywhere. <laughs> but you, but you must acknowledge that people who are burning the towel and videoing it to put on YouTube are not just using the towel in a normal way. They are making a specific act of desecration in order to provoke uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans to feel bad about the sports game. I realize that. Is um, that what you want to do? No, I don't want to do okay, that. Okay, stop. Katie, has he yeah. used the towel in inappropriate ways? Not in my presence. So why are we talking about this? Because I think he wants to. He keeps talking about how he should be able to do this. Like what sort of things does he want to be able to do? Do you have a problem with him wiping water off chairs? Myron well, Coke himself said that that was okay. If it's at the game, it's fine. Only but at the game. Just, she didn't say that before. It, if he's using this as a cleaning object, that is not okay. That's disrespecting the towel. Well, first of all, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to find you both in mild contempt of this court, because <laughs> I have a very strong policy that I just made up the other week <laughs> that I will not take disputes that are not actually happening yet. In other words, if he has not done anything wrong yet, I have nothing to rule on. But as punishment for your bringing me this hypothetical dispute, I am going to render judgment on one of you anyway. And I don't know who's going to be happy. You just, you want me to rule on a hypothetical situation of whether or not it's okay to use the towel to wipe down uh, seats. And not only do you uh, not have water on your chairs, but even the chairs perhaps are imaginary. You might not even have chairs in your apartment. When we argue about it, though, he doesn't just talk about going to a game and it's seeping wet. He talks about how he should be able to wipe his hands off with it whenever. Oh, okay. So he's threatening. He's he's threatening. True. Now we're getting somewhere. I have said that, say, I am poor someday and this is the only towel I need. Like, I should be able to wipe my hands off on this. You are just trying to get your girlfriend's goat. If I am I, poor someday. First of all, that's not hypothetical. That's going to happen. You're going into journalism. True. You are just trying to provoke your girlfriend. Is that not true? I don't want to say that in front of her. I need to. Keep... <laughs> Jesse, do I have permission to treat them both as hostile witnesses? <laughs> oh, yeah. Can I treat them that way, too? No, because you go too far every time. Oh, but I brought my brass knuckles this week. Keep it. Put them back in their velvet lined case that you got on eBay. Oh, okay. Bailiff Jesse, I, I, I must say I'm not a hipster, so your joy in treating me badly may not be as... Shut your pie hole! <laughs> Bobby, you are just trying to provoke Katie, are you not, with all these arguments? I really am not. It's more, it's a, it's an ethical, moral argument for me. You think now that you bought the towel and became a Steelers fan and listened to the Myron Cope and watched football games and now you've been dating for a year and a half... Now you can finally show your true colors and, and treat her like garbage and the towel like something, well, like a towel. Katie, how, if I were to find in your favor, how do, what, what instructions would you like me to give him? I would like you to ban him from ever using the towel in inappropriate ways. You need to be more specific. 
It should only be used to wave at the games. Can he wipe water off his seat at the in the stadium? If it's an emergency situation. Like there like an emergency like there's water on the seat? <laughs> yes, and he doesn't have another towel with him. And also he's a vampire. If he touches water he dies. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't have another towel with him? Yes. And how, where should it be stored in, in between games? It should never be on the floor, and it should be on display. Is there a special way to fold the towel such that it comes to a, so. a perfect triangle? Do Marines need to fold it? No. <laughs> uh-huh. You're just trying to get his goat now. Isn't that true? <laughs> no, I'm just really concerned he's going to use the towel. You, like here's what happened. Here's what happened. You guys met. How did you guys meet? I don't want to hear all along the story. Did you meet in real life or on the internet? No, real we life. met in real life. Um, I go to Ball State, and she goes to school up in Kokomo, and she okay. was down visiting some friends. Okay. And one of my friends knows okay. her friends, Yeah. and we met, and I tried to steal my Birbiglia joke to introduce myself, and she caught me. Whoa. <laughs> Do I need to get Birbiglia on the phone? <laughs> yeah, it's some pretty heavy stuff. What was the joke? And do it in the, uh, do it in the Myron Cope voice. Do you remember the joke, Katie? So you stole a joke to try to impress somebody? I did, and she caught me. Did you and and but you tried to pass it off as your own? I didn't say it was mine. I just was like saying the joke and He was uh, trying to pass it off as his own. (laughs) I didn't say it was mine. I was just like saying the joke and she said, That's not yours, and I said, This is true. I I advise you to stop talking. (laughs) Katie, isn't isn't it the case that you met this young man? You told him about your love of the Steelers. You insisted that he also loved the Steelers if he were to have any shot with you. As soon as he converted to Steelerism and started going to these games and listening to these old Myron Cope record albums or whatever it is, (laughs) you knew you had a sucker on the line and that you could push him around uh, and make him do whatever you want. A plan started to hatch in your mind, yes, a year and a half ago, that you were going to uh, push him around and make up a whole bunch of rules for how he handles his towels. Is that not the case? <laughs> I don't try to push him around. He's bigger than me. All right. I think I have all the information I need. I'm going into uh, into chambers. I'll be back in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Katie, did you expect this to transform from a dispute over towels into a dispute over how you treat your boyfriend? <laughs> no, I did not. Do you think you treat your boyfriend right? Yes. Bobby, what do you think? She's a very loving person who knows exactly what I need and how to treat me. (laughs) Wink, wink. We heard the towel song. Have you guys ever heard the San Diego Superchargers song? No. I have not. I'm just going to offer it up. You have a beautiful singing voice, Jesse. Superchargers, San Diego. Chargers, Chargers. It makes me think of a superhero team. <laughs> uh, please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. I got a little worked up before I went into my chambers there, guys. I'm, I apologize for yelling at you quite so much, but I do feel, to some degree, a little bit duped. A little bit duped because... Uh, Bobby has not been mishandling this towel so far. He merely is bringing up these issues clearly in order to provoke a fun little fight uh, with his girlfriend, Katie. And Katie, in the meantime, uh, expresses the, uh, the traditional uh, logical tautology of the sports fan. Our team is the best team because it is the best team. <laughs> My logic is right because it is right. 
There is no arguing with you because you are proceeding not from a rational place, but from a place of uh, complete uh, worship and uh, and fear of witchcraft, apparently, as well. <laughs> and uh, in some ways, I feel like you guys kidnapped this court to go once around again on the let's have our little cute fight about the towel trip. So forgive me, uh, as I say, for yelling, but I am obliged to rule on this case. Now, I am someone uh, who believes very firmly in tradition, particularly arbitrary traditions and silly and ridiculous traditions. I am someone who will sing the Yale Bula Bula football fight song, even though I went to exactly one football game and don't know the rules of football. (laughs) But I feel a kinship with my tribe, as sports fans do with their self-selected tribes. And so I appreciate uh, the uh, appeal of strange ritual and reverence, quasi-religious reverence for a team and its various accoutrements, specifically its hand towels. I get it. Bobby, you are so far you have done nothing to this towel. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Given that I am forced to rule in what is essentially a hypothetical fight, I think you'll be interested to learn that I am ruling in favor of Bobby. Even though I respect the tradition of the towel, I do not believe that Bobby is talking about desecrating the towel, but using it casually in regular home use. Whether or not he has water on his chairs... He is clearly pathologically afraid of this happening. <laughs> and I wish to offer him the comfort of knowing that there is a towel at hand that might uh, be used to dry his seat. I also make this ruling in the spirit of rationalism. <laughs> I do not believe in curses. And while I despise the person who would burn a towel or use it to wipe his or her nether regions and put that on the internet in order to uh, provoke the Steelers into feeling bad about their team. I think that's low. All the same, I do not believe that that is why the Steelers win games. And I think, frankly, it is uh, an insult to the hardworking athletes and coaches of that team to suggest that the reason they are winning is because people around the world are using their towel incorrectly. I am not a sports fan, but I respect the athlete and I respect the hard work that goes into winning a game. It is not witchcraft. It is discipline. And as such, as a corrective measure, I am asking you, Katie, to differentiate between tradition and superstition, to separate yourself from the fear that a superstitious society is possessed by and not worry so much about the way Bobby uses his towel. It will diffuse the fight, and you will have to find something else to fight about, I realize. Bobby, you have a new bath mat for two weeks. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I apologize to all of you. I know you will not be happy with this ruling, but I want you to know this. Bobby is going to get out of his shower every day for two weeks and put his foot down on this towel. And your team is going to continue to thrive and survive because it is full of professional athletes and coaches who are working hard to entertain you. This is the sound of a gavel. 
Superchargers. Oh, can I just say one more thing? I am very much in favor of that Superchargers song, Jesse, because the message is uh, exactly what I'm talking about. We're going to dazzle you with our plays. That's a great song. They're going to dazzle you with the plays, with the strategy that they've mapped out, that they've learned, that they've practiced. It will be dazzling. They're not going to sing spitefully about other people in other cities who used a towel in the wrong way. This is the sound of a gavel. Wipe, 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 wipe. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. This is a stunning rebuke, Katie, and you are very confident that you are going to win. Um, I'm sure she. St- I'm sure she still thinks she has won. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, how do you think this is going to affect your relationship? Oh, I know if he uses it as a bath mat for the next two weeks, we are definitely going to have some problems. Some Christmas presents may not get to him. You're threatening to steal his mail? She is a stealer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't arrest her if you don't press charges. No. <laughs> I, I think I'll let her slide on this one. Um, you know, we all make mistakes in life, and I think I think that she she'll learn from this. I'm going to cut off the recording and give you my private number. If you ever need me, <laughs> I'm here, and I have brass knuckles. I, I, I very, thank you, thank you, Bailiff Jesse. I really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll talk to you another time. All right, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI. A human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other. This professional stylist picks the clothes... They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, It is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up, and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like, they know me, and it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you, as you want to look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. That's stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. Stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O.
The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go. Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an aura frame. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog, uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children. Uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of perfect pitch, the history of pride flags and speedrunning video games. Any questions? Ah, yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast, Let's Learn Everything. Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom, I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella, I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? <laughs> no. <laughs> obviously not. No. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> San Diego Superchargers San Diego Superchargers Charge Headed for home Better take us with your place I was just in a, in a, in a 
Football wow. reverie. I suddenly got sports spirit. Uh, uh, Sorry about that, everybody. Let's clear the docket. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Here's something from Bo. Uh, with the release, with the recent release of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part Two, there has erupted an argument within my family. My brother asserts that there are only seven films, with part, parts one and two of the Deathly Hollows being only one film split up into two release dates. My side of the argument is that there are eight movies, with the two parts of the Deathly Hallows being separate entities. I'm not a huge fan of Harry Potter myself, but I can tell that there's a clear distinction between the two films. Can you help us? Seven years, seven films. Normally, I would call a sequel a separate film, obviously, but uh, Lord of the Rings, all those movies were made at the same time with the same cast as part of one unit, and I believe that was the same thing that happened with part one and part two of Deathly Hallows. Yes, the studio split them up into uh, into two feature-length motion pictures in order to get people to buy tickets to it twice, but it is one story uh, all filmed at the same time. It's all one big, long movie. We've got something here from Matt. Uh, he says... Recently, I had to use the restroom at the mall. When I got to the restroom area, I found a line of men and women outside of the men's room and the women's room cordoned off. Looking inside the men's room, I saw that all of the urinals were free, so both the men and women were lining up for the stalls. I found this absurd, and even though I wasn't in a rush, I used a urinal, presumably to the discomfort of the women there. My friend insists that this is rude, but I insist that I shouldn't have to handicap myself into requiring a stall to pee. Who is right? Oh, P.S. I was in my full army uniform at the time. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. Second of all, the public washroom is not a barracks, sir or madam. No, sir is right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it depends what branch of the military he's in, correct? It is a male gentleman who is using these urinals, correct? Yes, but right. I think if he's a uh, Marines are addressed as madam, oh, I and the army is addressed as sir, correct? Yeah, yeah. and the and the coast guards are called coasties. <laughs> exactly, and the air force is known as Ms. and they're seamen. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, first of all, thank you for your service. Second of all, uh, a public washroom is not a uh, barracks. Uh, and uh, generally speaking, in civilian life, you do not expose your penis in mixed company unless you are invited to. And then you are, if you do that, you are arrested. So, yes, I do not think you should have urinated with ladies present. <laughs> Bye. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support this show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Matt Gorley. His great podcast, by the way, is called Super Ego. You can find it in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, email us and be sure and include your telephone number. The email address is hodgman at MaximumFun.org. If you have thoughts about the show, you can always comment on it on our message board, forum.maximumfun.org. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.